Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 67. Uh, my name is Evan, and I'm joined by always, or joined as always, by my co host, Matt. What's going on this week? A uh, very nice week. Uh, I feel like this week flew by really fast. There were a lot of games, some unexpected results, and some, some, uh, very one-sided games so there was like a weird a weird week in the soccer world but work-wise was pretty smooth a few hiccups here and there but overall it was like an average week for me that's good um i didn't really do anything mostly uh schoolwork and thankfully like most of the courses are still closed here for golf so i can you can sneak on or or just you know put some money in the honor box and play um except like where i play um the little nine hole course it's the tee boxes aren't open so you saw that last time we played and you're kind of hitting from like this fucked up dirt slash kind of grass slash moss you gotta you gotta do your best with what you got it's so brutal man like the final hole there is just horrible because you're hitting like especially if the owner's there in the morning because you don't want to you don't want to hit off of the tee box that he's reseeding right um but like if i tee it up with a pitch like i'm just gonna skull it and if i don't tee it up i'm gonna top it and get it into um the water that's like right there so Hmm. yeah um i didn't really do anything else today besides um i watched uh the the first round of the players because uh that was on so they're at tpc sawgrass which is always always entertaining to watch um and I watched Arsenal, who just managed to somehow pull off a miraculous win against yep. Olympiacos. But Happy for you. Thank you. Like I was telling Matt before this, um typically when Arsenal concede, like at the beginning of a second half or in the middle of the second half, like you they're either gonna lose or they're not they're just gonna hunker down and, you know, uh take a point or whatever they can do. But they, they managed to put some guys forward and kind of string something together, and we managed to win 3-1, so I was really happy with that. They won me a couple bucks. I only ever bet $5 on them now because I just don't trust them. Um, yeah, you've lost all reliability in them. they got to build it back up. So, wait, I wanted to read this to you. I, this morning when I woke up, I, I guess I won a parlay last night. I put in a little two-legger, and I won on NBA. Mm-hmm. I have turned $5 into $75 in the past not even 24 hours, so I'm pretty proud of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. So here, <laughs> here's what I bet yeah, on lay it, this, lay it out. this morning when I woke up. It's Chinese basketball. That, that's got to be the best feeling. You you take it, you, you sleep overnight, and then you look, and you got that money, bro. That's a great way to start your day. So I put um 10 bucks on the oh, – so it was 10 into 75 Okay. Put ten bucks on the Mavs and the Grizzlies last night to both win. That one, that won me twenty six. This morning, I put another ten on the Yulon Dinos versus the Jiu Thai basketball team. The fuck are you doing? I don't know. So it was the Yulon Dinos, the Beijing Ducks, and Elise Mertens. Uh, she's a tennis player, and that one okay. hit for me. And then I put another five on. Slavia Prague versus Rangers draw. Olympiacos versus Arsenal. I took Arsenal. I took Tottenham against Zagreb. And I took Roma against Shakhtar. And they, that all of that hit. 
So I won. That was five bucks. I won twenty five there. All that seems like you should make a lot more, but I'm sure they were all like heavy favorites. They were. They were kind of heavy favorites. I mean, Tot- yeah. Tottenham was minus three ten. The draw at when I got it first lobby of Prague versus Rangers was minus three thirty because I think it was like the sixtieth oh, or seventieth minute. Yeah, dude, those live bets sometimes you get some cheese odds. Yeah, something happens in the game where it mass turns and you gotta like hop on it within two seconds or else you get boned. College basketball earlier this week, I was on a low, I was on a tiny low heater, and then obviously I lost it on college basketball. But well, I mean the beginning of this week and then. The rest of the month's going to be absolute mayhem with college basketball. I know, but I I don't even want to think about it yet. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my brain off of it because I think it's just going to prove so hurtful to all of our wallets. Well, if you're looking into it at all, anybody listening, you got to make sure you're doing your homework right now during the conference tournaments to see if you like any specific teams or players or whatever. Yeah, do anything, anything. Just anything that you get a good feeling about, just take it in, and then next week, the start of it. Yeah. Well, I saw Duke got exposed to COVID, so, like, they're done for the season. Really? They were supposed to play tonight. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that today. They were supposed to play Florida State. Let me see. Duke News. Duke men's basketball out of ACC tournament, Duke University, six hours ago. Uh, they Duke has positive COVID-19 test, won't play in ACC tournament versus FSU. Unbelievable. They had to win the whole thing to make it anyway. Yeah, I know. They suck this year. Rare year that Duke sucks. Um, But let's, let's move into our, our bread and butter. Yeah. Match week 27. The first match was Burnley versus Arsenal. In the th- uh, sixth minute, uh, Aubameyang struck to bring Arsenal ahead in the 39th. Chris Wood got one back for Burnley, and then chaos ensued in the second half. Um, a VAR nightmare. That's that's yeah. uh, how else can I put it? Um, handball that got called back from VAR, and then a handball that got called a handball. Penalty got given, and then got called back from VAR. So, uh, I mean, like, what is, what's a handball? I know we say this every week, but what the fuck is a handball? It's one of the most subjective rules in all of sports, and they're trying to make changes as they go. Like, obviously, uh, two weeks ago with the Fulham incident, they changed it. So next season, the start of next season, it will count as a goal now. There's, it's... It's ridiculous, man. And VAR doesn't help it at all either because even if they review it and still settle on that call, there's still always um, people that are skeptical about it. VAR just doesn't need to be there is the bottom line, I think, for me, for me at least. VAR is unnecessary. It was an unnecessary addition. Uh, in certain certain use cases, it's really nice. And, you know... Every once in a while, your team benefits from it. But for me, I feel like I can count on one hand or like on one hand, the amount of times where I've been like, damn, thank God we had VAR because we grew up watching, watching it without VAR. And I mean, those missed calls are just part of the game. 
And yeah. it, it was a it was a natural missed call before, and now it's the synthetic missed call. And if you're given all the evidence and you see that they're still making the wrong call, it just makes you feel cheated. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, Scott Parker said it best. They just it's ruining the the moments of the game. Yeah. Even after you score a phenomenal goal, or a team play or team a well teamwork goal, you still have to wait thirty seconds for it to get confirmed, and by then, like all the raw emotion is gone out of the play. So, I mean, little little things like that, like you said, it ruins the game the flow and players' mindsets when they score goals. There's always that thought: what if? Yeah. So Arsenal only managed to take a point from this. Good result for Burnley, uh, especially because Arsenal are are kind of, you know, um, in in better form as of late. Disappointing for for Arsenal, but I think that that they'll be able to to, to get back to it this week. Yeah, I mean, that was Burnley's fifth straight draw. Yeah. Uh, Thinking at home. Yeah, fifth straight draw at home. Yeah, they just can't score. I mean, that's that's ultimately their issue. They have such a hard time scoring, and um, Arsenal really dominated the game here. Sixty percent possession, uh, fifteen shots. They they were really out in front, and even uh, that that attempt at the very end of the game where we hit the post, um, just unlucky for Arsenal. Really, they they should have won in general, but. Um, they just didn't have enough in the tank to get it done. They're going to need it this week. Yes, they most certainly are, and we will get to that. Uh, Sheffield United, nil. Southampton, two. James Ward-Prowse scored a penalty in the 32nd, and Che Adams added a second in the 49th to stop Southampton's absolutely putrid skid. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, that was one of the worst calls I made. So far. <laughs> I told you it was a bad call, and you did it anyway. Yeah, I just <laughs> you gotta you gotta just do it right away. Just don't second guess yourself. But yeah, I mean, without Danny Ings until probably the beginning of April now, yeah, Southampton have to find ways to score goals. And Ward Prowse from the spots always a great chance to get on the board. And Che Adams is like hit or miss. Now that he doesn't have Ings up there anymore because he did get injured in this game early on. Um, that Nicholas Tella, or oh, what was his first? Um, Nathan Tella. Yeah. He's like an Arsenal product. I think we talked about him last week. Yes. He's a great guy to come off the bench or even get like 60 minutes, get subbed off. He's got great burst speed and he's agile on the ball. So that's good to work with Che Adams, more of like a hold up play, bulky kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sheffield, Sheffield, I don't know, man. The Chris Wilder's already settling for. The championship, and he's probably just gonna play guys that don't get much playing time, or because we don't even—I don't even know if these guys are ever gonna play in the prem again. Sheffield, yeah. Ah, uh, who knows? I mean, that's 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 always like a financial thing. I have absolutely no idea if they'll come back up. Yeah, it's hard to say, but they're they're not looking very good. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, James Ward Prowse is one of the most underrated, I'd say, players in the Premier League. I think, well, Tim Howard said, I think several months ago, he said that Ward Prowse was the best set piece taker in the Premier he, League. Well, him and, and he, or Sigurdsson. Yeah, he took a lot of heat for that. And I mean, credit to him because he is money. Yeah, he is. He is straight money. That's, that's the truth. And he doesn't wear shin pads either, which is like pretty hard. Uh, okay, we'll move on from that. Um... Aston Villa nil, Wolves 
nil. This was kind of a stinker. Yeah, it was an absolute no no on both sides. I did call a draw in this game, so this was my first dub of the week for the pick'em. Um I really thought Wolves had the advantage here, but stat wise, both pretty poor. Possession was split down the middle. It could have gone either way. There were chances on both sides. Obviously Grealish still out for Villa. And uh Wolves still can't figure out their striker problems. William Jose can't hasn't scored yet for the club since joining in January and uh Fabio Silva off the bench doesn't get the job done. So I mean they've been getting more goals from their center mid partnership than their guys up front, which is kinda outrageous. Yeah, Ruben Neves always will give you a good shift and he's actually kind of a scorer. Um he's kind of the guy that I think they rely on to to score when they need it. And he has been that guy since uh Raul Jimenez has has gone out. And I think that a game like this is just a testament to how much Raul Jimenez um, matters to to the club DNA and the way that they play. And I think you know just just having missed him all this time um, after the the clash with with David Luiz, this that's that's kind of the story of Wolves this season. Just being without uh, Raul Jimenez really kind of um, hamstrung them. Yeah, they're uh, they're just going to be drifting in the mid mid table range the rest of the season. And I don't think that they have a bad team either. I think next season, if Jimenez is back and he's he's strong, that they could be one of those teams where they're kind of contending again. Um, the way that uh, Nuno played um, th- these guys today, or not today, when the game happened, like Semedo up at like right, kind of like. He was further up than a wingback. Like, those wingbacks kind of play in the middle of the park almost, uh, level with, like, Neves and Moutinho. So I just think yeah. that, that the structure of the team is kind of, like, really hurting right now. Yeah, they kind of play similar to what Chelsea does with the the, the forward wingers getting pushed in inside forward positions. And yeah. then you'll have Semedo and whoever the left wingback is play as the actual winger. So yeah, just to get more press on the ball and give those inside forwards more freedom to attack. Yeah, I think they really need a left wing because Triori doesn't do it, and the rest of their attacking subs are very, very young. So they really need to get in that transfer market, find a young Portuguese guy because that's all they that's all they buy. I think they could do with one of the Spanish guys too, like just somebody that speaks the language. Because I mean, uh, yeah, like they they all like Raúl Jiménez is Mexican. The, there's all the Portuguese guys. Sorry, you're gonna hear printing and stuff like that. I'm just gonna <laughs> mute my camera for a second. Um, and keep talking, but they all speak Spanish. So if you're looking, you know, maybe a player like Dale Feu or Oyarzabal or anything like that, like guys that are kind of wasting away in the Spanish league, there's so many of them. I think right. that would be looking to to make that jump back to the Prem or to the Prem for their very first time. And I just think that like Nuno should be keeping his eye out for that, especially for next season, because um, there's so many good players that are out there that you can get for absolute shit like just cheap as fuck yep totally agree with that all right uh moving on i don't really think we have anything to say about villa right they were just really flat they have been without grillish yeah uh, yeah there's nothing there okay matt's boys the seagulls brighton versus leicester city <laughs> brighton one leicester city two uh adam lalana the ghost of adam lalana ex-liverpool player returned and scored in the 10th 
Uh, it wasn't until the second half when Kelechi Ayanacho and Daniel Amarty scored two secure all three for the Foxes. Leicester were playing from behind for this entire game, and it took them a mm-hmm. really long time to get themselves back into it. Um, I think this is, is something that I mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. I don't like Vardy playing as in a strike partnership. I really don't like it. You think he does well better as a solo? Much, wing? much better. And I think, obviously, they're missing... Um, yeah, that was what I was going to bring up. They're missing Madison. They're missing Harvey Barnes. But when when Madison is playing behind him or in the midfield with Tielemans and Vardy's just up there by himself, he's so much better. I think he actually suffers um, being alone or being uh, in a partnership. Yeah, they've had to adjust, play three in the back, wing back sort of times. and brought in this young Tavares guy from, um, what is he, seeing? Who? His name is Sidney Tavares. I think he got like his first start. He looks like a young Portuguese player there. Yes, he was kind Portuguese. of playing as. A, yeah, he's playing like a wing back role, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Brian's fallen off uh, their form. I think in their last three games, they've given up goals, multiple goals at times. And. They're in a relegation battle right now because they're at joint points with Fulham, just have a better goal difference. So they're really gonna have they're really gonna be rolling the dice the rest of the season if they want to stay in this league. Yeah, well, they don't have a choice. They have to kind of go balls to the wall here. It's all or nothing time. Um, and I I just think like if if Brighton go down, there's gonna be a lot of players that just get absolutely stolen. You know, like Lewis Dunk is one of them. Rose well, is just. I, he signed like a five-year deal before the season. Yeah, but there's no way that he would stay with them if they go down, right? There's other Prem teams that have been looking at Lewis Dunk for two seasons now. Yeah, Chelsea was one of them, but then he didn't sign. I'm kind of glad he, we didn't sign him because he's 29, so you're going to get three years out of him. I think he's good. I think he has play. I don't know if he has a place in that Chelsea team because they have no. a couple really solid defenders. I think but... he'd go to like a mid-table side maybe. I think he'd do great at Leeds. I think they would really like to have him because he's a good commander in the back they already got that liam cooper that that's where they need to improve is their defense because we know they could score he'd be great at Leeds. he'd be great at a lot of clubs i would take him at arsenal in a heartbeat i don't care that he's 29 he'd be good yeah. because arsenal doesn't have a they don't have like a defensive commander really Xhaka is the closest thing they have to that and he's he's a fraud so uh yeah that daniel marty kid great uh Great, great uh, goal for him. He's 26. Uh-huh. He's not really a kid, but. Uh, that was an absolute fumble from Sanchez in the goal. He came out off the corner and completely whiffed on the punched man. It was fell right into Amarty's lap. I know. It was it was truly unfortunate for Brighton. I mean, they are just, they are down bad. The definition of down bad. Yeah, nobody's informed on their team. Moonpie is inconsistent. Uh they just don't have pace going forward, really, and their counterattack. When you guys, when you got Adam Alana score, you you got really big problems. I mean, he was the, he was the second striker. <laughs> they were playing yeah. Adam Alana at striker. Yeah, he was like he was just going off Mupai's movement. That, that's just I I don't know. I don't think you can go into a game against against Rogers, who's by all you know intents and purposes a, a fairly good manager, 
um, yeah. and end up against a team that has does have some quality in it. I just don't mm-hmm. think that you can go up against them playing Adam Lallana up there and expect to get yourself a result. Um, I I never really never really worried that Leicester would lose this game. Uh, I always felt that they could come back and at least draw, but I wasn't expecting a win. Um, uh, after after that goal in the tenth minute, so good result for Leicester, uh, subverting my expectations for sure. Okay, this next one. Yeah, North past the next. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I'll bring it in. Uh, West Brom nil, Newcastle nil. Big Sam dropping the bag for me yet again. I think <laughs> it's just every time I actually put faith into him, that's when they play off. Uh, 13 shots to nine, West Brom winning that, both having three to five shots on target. Possession kind of down the middle. You have Newcastle, who has almost all their attacking guys are injured with St. Maxman, Callum Wilson, and uh, Miguel Amaron, and they're still finding ways to stay in these games. West Brom, to their credit, got a clean sheet. I think that's only like their third one all season, which is insane because they've given up almost 60 goals now, right? Yeah. 56. That's, uh, that is putrid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like Steve Bruce is finding new ways to bring to put his Newcastle team out in, uh, week in, week out. Sometimes it's a 4-4-2. Sometimes it's a 4-2-3-1. Sometimes it's a 4-1-2-1-2. He's constantly changing things up because he he doesn't have his first squad guys out there. So, And uh, Diang for West Brom, the striker they brought in from Galatasaray, yeah. he should have had at least a hat trick in this game. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, he missed Maitland, a couple. Maitland Niles put one right on his plate, man. It's fucking disgusting how bad he was in this match. Yeah. AMN continuing to look okay. That's that's good for me. I like to see uh I like to see the Arsenal players that are out on loan uh start to develop and I think he's kind of had to come into his own. Um there yeah, there was a couple chances that that he made. Yeah, he played more in a forward role, like an actual central mid role. Yeah. Uh one one guy I really liked watching the past couple matches for West Brom when I can is they're holding mid Yoku Sly. Yeah. Uh, he does really well in there. They got him from Celta Vigo. He's 27 years old, 6'3", Turkish. Oh, my that God. Guy, That's that a tank. Really, he plays fucking really good, dude. He cleans everything up in front of those center backs, which really helps Big Sam. And, I mean, I could definitely see him getting a move if they get relegated. He's definitely going to be in the Prem, or maybe he'll go back to Spain or something. But that guy's somebody to watch out for in this summer. His his by the way, his wife, that that uh Yokusai guy, she's mm-hmm. she's like six five, bro. What the, she's taller than him. He's six three. Their kids are gonna be demonic. They might be playing in the fucking Turkish basketball league. Holy fuck. I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. It does seem like Steve Bruce is starting to put out pacier teams. Uh he he started to understand that. You can't play the Longstaff brothers in midfield every game because they just get fucking cooked. Um, yeah. You know, he had uh, Isaac Hayden, uh, John Joe, obviously, slow bastard, but he played in the middle. And then Hendrick on the right. And then th- there's like that that top, that triple three up top. You have, you know, Joe Willock, who's been all right, I'd say, this season so far. Uh, Fraser, who's quick. And then Jolinton. Uh, ultimately, wasn't enough to get them any goals or really even that many shots on target. But I guess 
Newcastle are a better team than West Brom. They should be looking to take three points from this. Yeah, a point doesn't help either of them. It actually no. does. It, it hurts West Brom because now they're eight points from um, clear clearing the relegation zone. Yeah. So the, I think, yeah, and that Newcastle game was mass. We said last week's show, this was a must-win game for them if they have any chance of staying up. And I don't really know if they have much hope. They play Crystal Palace this week, which is a good matchup for them. And then following that, they play Chelsea. So if they can't win this game at, at Crystal Palace, it's pretty much Big Sam is hitting hitting the trash can. I agree. Okay, moving on. This one makes me smile. Liverpool nil, Fulham one. In the 45th minute, right before the stroke of halftime, Mario Lamina got one for Fulham. And Liverpool were not able to recover. They looked really, really good. In the 15 minutes following halftime, um, but but then fell off and and just really it kind of became a sordid affair. There was there was nothing going on for Liverpool while they did uh, outshoot Fulham. They just didn't look as sharp. Yeah, this was the game we did our watch party for. If you guys missed it, we have both halves recorded and sectioned up on the Instagram page. If you yeah. want to watch that at all. Uh, but yeah, we were he- we're huge Scott Parker fans. Fulham has been one of the best teams in the bottom half to watch this year, and uh, well deserved. Liverpool now lost six consecutive home matches. Uh, these six defeats at Anfield this season is the most in a single campaign for them since 1953-54 season. And Fulham now are uh, in their last eight away games in the Prem. They haven't lost two wins and six draws which is their longest run without a defeat on the road in the Premier League. Let's go. So Scott Parker's got a system going. It's working for him. Uh, Josh Madja uh, got 60 strong minutes in there. He could have had a goal himself. Yeah. Uh, he's been a good signing for them. Lamina early on did, or not Lamina, Lookman did really well on that left wing going up against uh, Nico Williams. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a mismatch that they took advantage of really well. He cooked him for like for like 40 minutes. Yeah, and Ariola made an incredible save off Jota. Jota had an absolute mm-hmm. screamer that Ariola had a strong hand to match it. So, all around great Fulham performance. Liverpool picked up a nice win in the Champions League uh, a couple days ago, helping their confidence. It seems like any other competition besides the Premier League they can do well in, but when it comes to actual matches in England, they don't. So, I don't know. We're gonna have to see what they do um, this week against uh, Wolves. Uh, right now, I'm gonna say it's not looking good for them, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, yeah, I don't have the, all that much to say. I mean, I don't think Tottenham or Tottenham, I don't think Fulham stats really tell you the whole story here. Ten shots, three shots on target, thirty six percent possession, but they were by far the stronger team. I thought. I mean, they were playing really crisp, buccaneering uh, football, and I can't say the same for Liverpool whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. This that was an enjoyable game to watch, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Manchester City nil. Manchester United two. Luke Shaw's the best uh, left back in the world. All of a sudden, I I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he's um, having a he's having a moment for himself. Yeah, I don't know. He's like having this resurgence. He was terrible earlier this season. Now he's great. In the second minute, Bruno Fernandez. Took United ahead, scoring his signature penalty. And then uh, City really just 
despite having an f- absolute fuck ton of shots, couldn't get anything to fall in the first half. And then right after the team, the two teams returned from the dressing rooms, Luke Shaw scored another in the 50th. Um, City absolutely dominated this game, as I expected they would, except they couldn't get anything to fall. 23 shots, 6 on target, 66% possession. Um, they were sharper, 90% pack, pass accuracy. Uh, compared to United's 78. And they made more passes. But ultimately, all of that buildup just didn't pan out for them. Um, this is the first time that City have lost in 20 matches. I'm looking at this stat right now, and I'm kind of smiling at it because it's kind of ironic. But amongst managers, Man City's Pep Guardiola has faced more than three times across all competitions as a type flop, top flight boss. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the only one to have beaten the Spaniard four times, more, four more that often than he has lost to Pep three. So, Ollie's beaten Pep more than Pep's beaten Ollie, man. That is unfucking believable. And I said after this game, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. Um, and that is the truth. I felt that United actually just got lucky here. I I don't want to attribute them. I don't want to attribute anything to them because it's one of those. Those games, again, where I didn't feel like there was a solid game plan. I just felt like it fell on their laps. Yeah, I mean, I think Rashford picked up a slight knock in this game. He didn't play in uh, today's Europa League match, and I don't think he's going to be able to play this weekend against West Ham. Uh, Not missing anything. He's been invisible since Paris. Yeah, well, it'll it'll give some chances to uh, Diallo, who did score in the matchup today securing a 1-1 draw against Milan. Yep. So he might get some minutes. You got Dan James out there. Martial and Cavani are kind of iffy. But, I mean, I think their attack is just... Their attack did well in this game, but their holding mids were kind of sketchy at times. I felt like Fred lost the ball a lot in key areas, and they were lucky that City didn't capitalize on him. I mean, obviously, like you said earlier, City had, had uh, what, like 20 shots on goal? Yeah. Eight on target. Dominant possession. So... And we said, like, Man City's the number one team you don't want to give the ball to in dangerous spots. And Fred did that a lot. So I don't know what difference it would have made if Pogba played in this. I don't know if they would have had more chances. City, uh, because Pogba defensively, some would say, is not as strong as a McTominay or Fred. Yeah. But but I don't know. I'm kind of happy that Man U beat them because it shows the Man City are human. And we've said that Man, City, Man United are frauds. And that this, I, I mean, in my opinion, this shows that anybody can beat City. If you come out with a good structured team, uh, maybe not all the tactics are there because we don't believe Ali is tactically aware at most times, but it gives good hope to other teams that maybe they can take on City. Like, I think Southampton did a good, we're going to get to that game later, but I thought Southampton early on did decently against City, kind of pressuring them. Yeah, I th- I think they did. I mean, I'm not going to take that away from them. I I I don't want to take anything away from the players because I do think that the players are managing themselves, and I think right. that makes the game a, actually a whole lot harder. Um, but I would say that the fact that the club has allowed Ollie to go on and be the manager here, when they could have appointed somebody that actually can help the players out and take some of that load off of them, is disgusting, and it kind of disgusts me. Um. So I, I, I have a hard time giving them any credit. 
Well, they did just hire a new technical director of football and uh, what was that, new general manager? No. What was it technical director? And something else. I know Darren Fletcher was one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, ex-pros, yeah. Yeah, but they they have new two two new direct director of football and technical director. That's it. That's great. Yeah, they got new positions for there. So hopefully the youth academy side will per, per, will progress even more now. I thought they were going to get rid of Woodward. Yeah, well that'll never happen. Yeah, right. Once you're there, you're there. Yeah. Okay, Tottenham four, Crystal Palace one. Gareth Bale having another absolute banger of a week. Two more to the tally uh, for this season. And Harry Kane added two for himself and then two more today in the Europa League. Um, I mean, he is he is a prolific scorer. It is yeah. like witnessing greatness in front of my eyes every time I watch him play. Bale's got four goals and an assist in his last three games of the Prem. He's cooking it right now. And a lot of the time, uh, Harry Kane's the one setting him up. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what your tactics would be going into that game, but that's a whole lot for Mikel to take in. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Um, I just... It's going to be hard. It's hard. That's a hard front four to go against. And this is the front four that I wanted to see them play the entire season because it is so entertaining. I mean, you have Lucas playing in the center, who I think is a great player with immense quality, a lot of creativity, a lot of speed. And then you have Bale on the right, who still has a lot left in the tank, uh, as you know, it's being evidenced now in his past three three fixtures. Uh, and then you have Son, who we've sung his praises many times. And then Kane, who's probably the best player in the Premier League right now. That front four is the best in the league. I mean, bar none. And if you can have all those players firing uh, at at maximum capacity, or it, it's going to be hard to, to to stop them from scoring. Well, City's front four, front three is pretty yeah. good too. But I was I, I was going to say that I didn't want to cut you off, but I'd rather yeah I'd rather have like a Sterling, De Bruyne, Amares, and maybe like a Aguero up there, or maybe now like a Jesus. But yeah, but that's yeah, the it, thing—you're never getting all of them at the same time. Yeah, I know. But yeah, just for debate purposes. But yeah, yeah I agree. The Tottenham up there, it, their attack four right now is up there very, very strong. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in this game particularly against Palace, I mean, you get you got what everybody knew was coming. Um, a lot of the times, it doesn't happen like this, where the team you think that's going to dominate actually dominates on the score sheet. But yeah. Good for Tottenham, and I did say this a couple, week, a couple weeks ago. I said Tottenham's going to pretty much clean up their next two matches against uh, Burnley and Palace. Arsenal's going to get into good form, and now both teams are coming into this game on decent runs of form, and they're going to butt heads, and we're going to see. Is Arsenal going to split the, the matches this season, or is Spurs going to do the double on them? It'll well, if Partey's not in the midfield, we're going to get absolutely fucking hammered. That's that's what it comes down to. And he did play. He did play a little bit um tonight in the Europa League uh tie, so we will we'll have to see. I think that's ultimately what it's gonna come down to. Um we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get there. Palace terrible. I mean, just pack it up. Right. Uh okay, Chelsea two Everton nil. 
Uh, did I did I go with Chelsea too? No, you picked a draw. You, yeah, you, uh, your your thought process was both teams were on similar rides of form, and usually this matchup is pretty close, and you decide to go with the draw. But yeah, Ben Godfrey uh, own goal in the thirty first, not great. Uh, that that came off of Havertz's boot and it hit him, right? Yeah, it was a great run of play. It was uh the wing back. I think it was a uh, Hudson Ajoy check down, did a one two spawn, and Alonso progressed forward. Found a little pocket of space behind Alex Awobi, whipped it in, Havertz, and then on target and deflects off Godfrey strongly to give an own goal. Right. It was a it was a great build up and after that Chelsea were cruising. Uh Jorginho with a tactical penalty, a little hop and a skip, him and Bruno identical. And after that it was pretty much done from there. I know Mason Mount came on. He he was a great uh influence to the game late on and then um Werner, man, I think Werner's the number one guy with chances this season that don't convert. He has to be. He has to be number one for the, for not converting chances. Yeah, he's he's gotten really unlucky a couple times, and then a couple times he's had some really, really close offsides calls. But he's also missed plenty, plenty of sitters. Um, something I thought of note, uh, that was of note, was Havertz was playing in his native position. They weren't playing him in the midfield. They played him up top, which is where he excelled at Leverkusen. And I think mm-hmm. that if you if they groom him to be a striker, that they will get the results that they're they paid for. Um, right. Havertz is of great stature. I mean, he's almost. I think he's six one or six two. Yeah, uh, he's he's thick, but he's quick and he's really really good. Um, on the ball, and I think that he could become one of those strikers that's a little bit better at hold-up play as well. And when you have somebody like Werner, or and and likewise somebody like Hudson Odoi, who both of them have immense pace, um, that the ball can just be laid off to. Uh, that that's a really interesting prospect, and I was really happy to see Havertz be played at his native position. Um, and it was nice to see him kind of enjoy the game a little bit because you haven't seen that much this season from him. Yeah, uh, obviously Abraham's still recovering from like an ankle injury, and then I think they were resting Mount up a little bit. And I mean, number one thing is just uh, the competition within the squad just for playing time. It's It has to be up there. Them and Man City have to be like the top two most competitive teams to get into right now in their squads. It's uh, They're just oozing with talent on paper. And getting on the field, it just comes down to can you show it and earn your place. And I mean, I think there's only a handful of guys that have played almost every minute this season. I think in this squad particularly, I think Azpilicueta and Jorginho are like the most two played this season that have been out there. Everybody else kind of gets rotated in and out. Maybe Werner too, but I don't know. It's it's interesting to see Tuchel's mind and how he constantly changes guys in and out. And obviously it is working. He still hasn't lost yet in all competitions. We'll have to wait and see uh, against Leeds this weekend. And then we get our rematch against Atletico to see if we move on to the quarterfinals. Very, very important week for the club. Yeah, that is the truth. Uh, this was this was a really good result for Chelsea. Um, yeah. Ever- Everton just kind of like really inconsistent. Um, I I never know what to expect. If there's not something that's like immediately at stake or on the line, they're not going to give you their absolute best performance. Um, and that's becoming more and more evident. 
Mm-hmm. West Ham, a two at Leeds United, nil. I was on the West Ham train for this one. I bet it. Uh, Jesse Lingard has continued to be, you know, one of one of the best pickups of the tra- uh, transfer window. Yeah. Uh, scored in the 21st, and Craig Dawson added one seven minutes later in the 28th. From there on, it was absolutely silent. Uh, a lot of shots in this game, but uh, West Ham managed to secure three points uh, with two goals and only 34% possession. They were clinical in this game. Yeah, this was uh, Calvin Phillips' welcome welcome back match. He was back from his long-term, or I guess his overdue injury. Uh, so he he had his back. He was back, welcome back strongly with the team. Um Jack Harrison's kind of fallen out of form for them. They've yeah. been playing Helder Helder Costa more uh, on the right side. They switch him and Rafinha. Uh, Bamford was kind of quiet in this game. He did have some chances. I think Tyler Adams had another absolute miss of the year. But uh, West Ham, yeah, West Ham are definitely one of the most stru- well structured and coached teams in the league. Uh, I'm looking here in their form wise, like that when they play at home. Was this match? Yeah, this match was at uh, the London Stadium. They're the second best team playing at home this year, right behind Man City. Um, so when they are home, they are very, very heavy favorites. And I did go with Leeds in this one. I was, I was on the side of it's going to be one of those Leeds games where it's like three two or something. But they just didn't show up. And I mean, the chances are always there. That's something you can't take away from Leeds. They will create chances. It's never going to be like a West Brom where they maybe get two and just pack it in. Leeds are going to come at you regardless of if you're a Man City or a Sheffield United. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people like watching them play. So, I mean, fair play to West Ham and Leeds are just going to have to bounce back. And really, they're, I would say they are safe. They can do whatever the hell they want because they're at 35 points right now. Fulham's at 26 so there's there are a nine point gap they have a game in hand on fulham so a realistic i mean technically they're not safe but i would think they could pick up at least nine points to 12 in their next 11 matches and be and be fine so it gives them that bit of freedom to for uh bielsa to try different things if he wants I'm curious to see if they start getting some wins again because they yeah. they have continued that style of play and they've continued to attack and get a ton of shots, um, you know, down range, but just not not as many goals. You know, they they've kind of uh, fallen off yeah. in, in terms of yeah. what they're converting. Yeah, it dropped off. They have four losses in their last five in the league. So, yeah, a little concerning. A little concerning for Bielsa. Um, they're not giving up as many goals as they usually do, but. They're just not matching with goals of their own. Right. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's an intensity thing. I have no idea. Uh, Moving on, Manchester City bounced back yesterday uh, with five goals versus Southampton, who actually were able to get two for themselves. Um, Same scorers as the uh, last Southampton fixture, James Ward-Prowse penalty and Che Adams, (laughs) funnily enough. Kevin De Bruyne had had two, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne had two, one in the fifteenth, one in the fifty-ninth. Mares also had two, one in the fortieth, one in the fifty-fifth, and Gundogan got himself in the uh first half stoppage time. So this was domination, uh a bounce back for City after their 
loss at United. I think they had something to prove. I think they wanted to let everybody know that they wouldn't be fucked with just because they lost to United. And now we're going to witness another uh, Southampton form absolute uh, nightmare. They're probably going to lose their next five or six. I don't know about that, but for Man City, uh, following up each of their last nine Premier League defeats at the he had with a victory in their very next home game in the competition so whenever they lose their next game at home they absolutely bury the team they match up against and for Southampton uh, they conceded five plus goals in a Premier League game for the 18th time only Newcastle have done more in the league's history so something they really need to clean up and I don't know what Ralph's gonna do obviously we've said before the Danny Ings issue he's on and off injury he's out for four to six weeks he's back for two and then he's out for another four to six so I don't know what their decision is with him if they're going to try to sign him long term or move him on because he's a liability issue they they if they invest all that money in him and just hope he doesn't get hurt again like that but for Man City I'd say if Gunduan wasn't having the year he was Mares would be player of the season for me for Man City at, at at the club. He's absolutely amazing to watch. He just absolutely dices people up one on one. He's so enjoyable to watch. I'm I feel so bad for Lester when they let him go because that is that is such a we were talking about hidden gems. He is just and for even for Lester, they only signed him for like nine hundred grand from like a second tier French team. I know. And sold him for like forty. It makes me so mad that they got rid of him because Lester would be so much better and we would have gotten to see so many more fucking amazing, like all of those guys, Conte, Mares. I wish they would have just kept them because they, they could have, they could have done, they could have won the next year. That team was so good. Yeah. You say that. And then at the same time, maybe we wouldn't have seen guys like Madison and Tillyman signed for the club. Yeah, that's, that's true. There's a lot of things you can say what if about, but He's had such a great career path, and having the success he's had at Man City, and now he's getting the game time he deserves. Yeah. He's going to get a fat FIFA upgrade next year. Yeah, he should get at least an 86, I'd say. I think he's like an 85 right now. He's an 85. I'm hoping he's an 87 next year. I can't lie. I haven't played FIFA since like October, so I wouldn't know. I haven't played Ultimate Team in quite some time. I had to give it up, as I always do, because it just gets you know too uh, intense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you could say that as the least intense yeah that's the word i'm gonna choose to use moving on uh we have our predictions tomorrow newcastle takes on aston villa a grealish list aston villa will look to pound this newcastle team who can't seem to get anything right and i'm on the side of uh of the lions here i think aston villa win where's the game Oh, I think it's at Newcastle. I think it's a, yeah, St. James Park's Newcastle. Newcastle at home. I, I have this tab open for home, ta- like a home table. Teams playing strictly at home and then away table. Right. Newcastle at home uh, have only won four matches. Or they're 16th in the table for home games. And then Villa are the top six teams right now when they play away. And what is it? Yeah, Newcastle are heavy underdogs right here. I think Aston Villa getting back Matty Cash at right back. I think everybody's going to be back except Grealish uh, and Wesley, who's everybody's completely forgot about that he was at the club. But yeah, I'm going to go with Villa too. I just don't see Newcastle's firepower. And Villa still have their their first team defense, who are structured really well. So 
I think this will be a like a one nil game. I don't see it very being very exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I really don't either. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a high scoring affair, but I'm I'm going to go with Villa for me. All right. Um, Leeds Chelsea. Yikes, this could be interesting. Um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh pick against Chelsea again though. I don't see this game being a draw. I think it'll go Chelsea's way. I don't really see any reason for Leeds to win this. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chelsea too. It's going to be interesting to see what um, Tuchel's strategy is because of the Champions League game on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting. I don't know if he's going to go back in with Havertz. I think he should. I think Havertz should definitely start in this game again. He played very well. Uh, I think Pulisic deserves a start in this game. He's been, I don't think he started one match this season in the Premier League with Tuchel yet. And I think this is the time for him to get in there and, and reassure Tuchel that he's here and he's still capable of giving him what he wants. Um, and then uh, uh, maybe Giroud gets in there too. I don't know. I, literally, I don't know. There's so many choices you can have in there. You could have Chilwell, Alonso, you could do James, Hudson Adoy. There's so many options that it's kind of overwhelming. And I'm not complaining, but it's just it's very hard at times because there's so many different lineups you can come out with. And going up against a Leeds team with how they play, I think this is going to be a close game, to be honest. It might be a high-scoring game. It might be like a 2-2, 3-2 kind of thing. I don't know. This seems like a game Leeds would definitely be up for. Really? You think so? I think. I don't know. I don't know what it is. This might be Tuchel's kind of little, uh, little, uh, what's the term I'm trying to say? Yeah, it might be a little blip for him right here. So I don't know. It should be interesting. I'm definitely going to be up for this game to watch. I don't know what game we're going to watch though for our watch party yet. We'll decide that later. But yeah, I'm going to back Chelsea here. I don't see why not. They haven't let me down yet. Okay. Famous yes. last words. Famous last words indeed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Crystal Palace versus West Brom is the next one. Oh, this is going to be God. a rather putrid affair. Uh, I'm I'm not betting on West Brom. I, I'm just not doing it. Uh, Matt has gone completely dark. Oh, he's back. Uh, I will be taking uh Crystal Palace in this one straight up. I am currently doing a coin flip because I can't be bothered to even talk about this. So I'm gonna do uh I'm gonna do best out of three. Crystal okay. Palace is heads. West Brom is tails. Uh, if it lands on the same thing two times in a row, I'm gonna go with that team. If it goes one way and then the other, it's a draw. So here we go. First flip. It is heads. Okay. So one to Palace. And heads again. All right. I'm going to go with Palace. Okay. We're both on Palace. That's good. The coin flip seems to be uh, a viable strategy because when we actually think about it and make the picks, it doesn't turn out. Uh, Okay. Everton versus Burnley is the next one I'm taking. Everton. Uh, Burnley managed to salvage a point versus Arsenal last week. I don't think they get away with the same lucky bullshit, especially if they play the same way. Uh, Everton should be playing a pretty solid lineup here. All their guys are healthy as far as I know. Um, and I think that it will be enough for them. Uh, Everton at home, their home versus away record is the most lopsided in the league. Uh, their home record, their 14th, in the table, whereas if the table were strictly on away games, they would be sitting fourth. 
Um, Angelai's got something to prove here after that Chelsea mishap. And then, what was that, the prior week against Southampton, only 1-0. This is an interesting game because Burnley are starting to become scrappy now that they're in that relegation battle. And Everton are still in the mix for European football. This is something they need to win if they want to still be involved in that talk. Um, you said you went with Everton? Yeah, sorry, I'm drinking water. Yes, I did. <clears throat> I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go with the draw. Yeah, that's fair, too. Burnley's form doesn't say that's the right call. Well, actually, it does. Last four other five they've drawn. Uh, but... Yeah, Everton or somebody or a team that I'm not sure about, depending. I think Kamas Rodriguez has been out multiple games now. I don't know what his issue is, but DCL still hasn't bounced back. Yeah. He still hasn't scored in a while. I don't know what's up with him. Don't know if his man bun's too tight or what, but. Might be. It, it all depends on the selection on the day, but I'm going to go with a draw here. I'm going to take a chance on that. All righty. Moving on, Fulham versus Manchester uh, City. So our boys take on City. Um, uh, kind of conflicted here because I want to take like... Yeah, it's like the heart versus the the gut kind of thing, man. Like Fulham or draw, like that'd be great. That's what my heart is telling me, but City uh, absolutely hammering them is what my gut and my brain is telling me. So I think... I'm going to go with my gut and my brain. If Fulham can manage to pull off a win or a draw here, I will be absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, the last time they played was back in December. Man City won 2-0. Sterling and De Bruyne goal early on in the first half. Uh, Fulham, even in these matchups where you think they're going to get blown out, they stick it out, man. They have a great style of play. And having the privilege of watching them the past couple weeks they really do play good football um i don't know if it's enough for city after such a big performance against southampton uh matchup wise i think their defense holds up all right yeah Mm, but i think city do get the job done okay that's fair enough i i i I agree with you it's hurt it hurts me to say that yeah, me too. I, I like Fulham. I really, really, really like them. Uh, okay, Southampton versus Brighton. Mm. Well, I'm going to just come out and say Southampton. Are you? Yeah, I'm done with Brighton. I'm with Brighton this week. <laughs> okay. I'm actually with Brighton this week. I, Southampton are whack, dude. They suck. They are. That's true. That's very true. They're, they're, they're absolutely out of, the fuck, out of their fucking uh, boots. Every time I like, there was a couple weeks there where I kind of bet on them and like was just hoping that they'd pull through for me. But after like right. 10 weeks, they just decided to stop playing. So I'm going to go with Brighton this week. I That game I could know. be a draw. Actually, no, no, no. Draw. That game's a draw. Brighton do have 11 draws this season. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going with that then. Uh, Leicester City versus Sheffield is the next one. And I am on Leicester. There's nothing. To indicate to me that Sheffield will be beating Leicester City. Yeah, I'm going to go with you too there. They have nothing to play for. There's no hope. The, they have no trust in their manager. The manager doesn't care about them. And Bredgen Rogers in this chance is probably going to up the, the goal differential here. So I'm going to go strong Leicester. Okay. Sorry about that. I was yawning. 
Here we go. This is what we're waiting for. Uh, I know. This is uh, this is probably the game of the week. North London Derby, the original uh, Arsenal. I'm wearing the hat right now. I got myself a nice new burgundy Adidas Arsenal hat uh, to match my white marble hit. Uh, Arsenal versus Tottenham. I don't know, man. I, I have. Well, I, I, I can't. I know. You have. I know you're going to take Arsenal regardless of anything. You so. have to, right? You have to pick yeah, your yeah. own team in a derby. Oh, absolutely. Um, trying to look at the results from the couple. Tottenham like, dominate the last couple. Couple. This game's at the Emirates too. So. Does that mean? Doesn't really mean anything, though. I guess. Uh, where is? They're winless in their last five meetings with Tottenham in all competitions. They've drawn twice and lost three times. The last time you won was March 2014. Arsenal have never gone six without a win against their North London rivals before. Hmm. So they're going to win, 100%. Hunt P. They got this. The funny thing is, like, I'm having a um, flashback to the last time we called this back in December, and we were talking the same exact way. It was like they have to, like you know what I mean. Yeah. And I don't think Tottenham was on the form they are now. Yeah. Um, Arsenal playing at home are ninth in home form. Tottenham away form seventh. So form wise, this. Um. Arsenal slightly do better away. Tottenham slightly do better away. I don't I honestly my gut instinct says Tottenham here. I like just with that front four, we we didn't make the case for them having one of the best attacks in the league right now. Yeah. But Arsenal in this game get down and gritty and I don't know. I I mean my pick might change when the lineups come out because if like Partey's not in there like you said then we got some questions. Yeah. Uh, if he goes without Nenny or or like Ceballos, but I'm just going to I'm going to go with Tottenham here. I'm gonna. I think they're gonna win this one. I don't know what's up with Arsenal. I think Williams had a great resurgence. Yeah, he form. He's been doing well. Uh, Pepe's kind of gone quiet, mm-hmm. and Saka a little bit as well. So, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see if Aubameyang can actually score. He. I think he struggles against uh, the top six. He's never really shown up in these derby games. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes his mark here. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be watching intently. Uh, Manchester United versus West Ham. This is another really good fixture. Um, no Lingard. Yeah, no Lingard. Can't play against. Can't play against his parent club. That is true. Which makes things considerably more challenging to pick. It's at Old Trafford, so like you said before, man, you struggle at Old Trafford. I think this could be a draw. I think that's that's where I'm sitting. I'm not confident enough in West Ham without Lingard uh, because he's kind of become really quite an uh, influential part of their offense. I'm not quite confident enough to say that they can get it done um, away uh, versus United right now, especially because their defense is good. Yeah, it'll be a draw for me. I think that like they'll get like a Sue check goal in like the fiftieth minute or something, and then United will will get one early, and that's gonna be it. I'm gonna go with a 
a big upset. I'm going to go with West Ham here. David Moyes comes back to Old Trafford, shoves it right up uh, the Keebler Elf's asshole. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with David Moyes and the boys. The Keebler Elf's asshole. I wish that we could title it that, but it'll probably get taken down. Okay, moving on. Uh, last one, we have Wolves versus Liverpool. Um, Stink. Absolute stinkers. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool sucks ass now, so this this could be an interesting one, but I think that, that I'm actually going to ride Liverpool here. Um, I picked a qu- out quite Wolves. a few draws today. Yeah, you did, surprisingly. Uh, Liverpool are like mid-table in their away form, five wins, five draws, three losses, whereas Wolves playing at home are very similar, five wins, four draws, four losses. Complete coin flip here. The last time they played Liverpool on 4-0 very convincingly. Uh, I think that was right around the time Jota got hurt. Uh, And Did he play in this game? Didn't look good. No, he didn't. Um, He must have been hurt. Or or no, he got subbed on late in the game. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Liverpool too. Wolves going forward are kind of eh. It's going to be interesting. It might be a high-scoring game. I don't know. Because of all the different central center-back partnerships with Liverpool. But I'm I'm gonna back Liverpool here. Uh, kind of hurts me to say that, but oh my god, David noticed that Liverpool have nine losses this season already. Holy fuck! Yeah, That's yeah, hard. it does hurt. It hurts me to pick them too because I think that they actually suck. Um, but I'm just gonna go with it. You, you you would think they have to win a game soon, right? Like it's just it's one of those things where you keep betting. You're like, it's gonna happen this week. It's gonna happen this week. I mean, you would think that, but who knows? Yeah. Um, match day 29 is is the next thing, but that's not until March 19th, 20th, and 21st. Yeah. So that we will cover on uh, next Thursday's episode. Uh, yeah, that, that concludes the, the show. We kept it to an hour this week, so that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'm going to head downstairs, eat some dinner. I know you're going to head out to get some dinner too. So thank you guys all for watching. We appreciate it. As always, make sure you interact with us, follow us, do whatever you do with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Post20. Uh, like, review, rate, subscribe on the all the medium that you can find uh, the show on as well. YouTube now, we're doing the, the uh, video podcast as well. Uh, as Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Music. Uh, so thank you guys all for watching. Is there anything you want to say, Matt? Uh, just make sure you guys drop by when we do our uh, live watch parties for the games. We do one every weekend. Or we try. We make sure we do we try at least to uh, get one of the marquee matchups of the week. Uh, other than that, yep. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and I guess we'll see you next week. Yep, see you for 68 next week. Take care, everyone.